Good afternoon. Welcome to Business Buzz. I'm Harold Littlejohn, CPA. I'll be your host for the next hour of hopefully entertainment, education, business news, alternative business news, business news from... We'll start with local business news. We'll expand our horizons and pretty soon we'll be looking at business and things that affect the whole world. That's how that's how far we'll go in this next hour. Sounds like fun. Well, Chico's still having a another heat wave, so a hot long hot summer. Wasn't there a movie called The Long Hot Summer? I I know I've heard the name. I I'm not a huge movie buff from the old days, but I'm sure that was an interesting movie. It may have had something to do with World War II, but I I can't quite remember, but I think I've heard of it. Anyway, this has been a long, hot summer. Students are back in school. Traffic is picking up in the mornings, I've noticed. But I do have to say, downtown Chico just isn't what it used to be. I've gone down a couple of times in the middle of the day and too easy to get a parking space. In the old days, it was very difficult to find a parking space, especially on Main Street near Garden Walk. Yeah, that between uh, second and third on Main was always pretty much full where the old Tower Records and Tower Books used to be. Now I went down there the other day at around noon, I think, and I could pretty much pick any parking spot I wanted. Now, I did get a ticket a week or two ago. I was very surprised. I was of the, I kind of had a theory. My theory was that after 5 p.m., they're not going to be sending meter maids around to give tickets. And especially it was a Thursday where a block away the farmer's market was getting set up to start. I think it starts at 6. I got there a little after 5. Didn't have any change in my pocket. I find it hit or miss whether a credit, uh, whether a debit or a credit card works when you go to do the uh, meter with a card. Uh, I've had them work sometimes, but sometimes I can't get them to work. Bottom line is if I don't have change in my car, I a lot of times don't put money in the meter. The sad news is I did get a ticket. It's $29 plus a service charge to pay it online. So I think I spent like $32 on it. I guess, you know, if it helps the city, it's not all bad. But still, I mean, it was like 515 on a Thursday where the they want people to go down to the farmer's market. I'm sure the city makes good money renting out the spaces to the vendors at the farmer's market. Seems like they should do a parking moratorium after five o'clock. They probably should just make the meters only go till five instead of six. I think that would be fair. But that's just me. I'm just complaining because I did get a ticket. When I first had an office downtown, that was in the late 80s. 
I had an office uh, in the building across the street, really nice office, across the street from Trace Ombres, above like Collier Hardware, maybe a door down from Collier, second floor. I had a big picture window uh, looking out on uh, Broadway. So that was a great little office. It was a one-room office, and then there was a shared uh, bathroom upstairs. There was three or four offices there on the second floor. Really nice place. That was my very first tax office in Chico in the late 80s. I do remember back then, I believe the parking tickets, because I got a few when I was working downtown at that office, I believe they were $3, maybe three fifty, might have even been two fifty. So that's just another item of inflation. We're looking at a nine-fold increase from $3 to $29, just under 10 times increase in 34 years. So that's probably what the dollar's done in the last 34 years. And if you listen to Business Buzz, you know that I'm a huge non-fan of paper money. Considering that the mandate of the Fed is to generate 2% inflation every year, which tells you that they're going to devalue all of your savings by 2% each year at a minimum. Doesn't sound like a great... uh, great plan to me. doesn't sound like something that's in our best interest. And of course it isn't. Uh, Most things aren't. And the whole Federal Reserve, if you've listened to Business Buzz, I've talked about it a little bit. I'm not the world's expert, but I've read quite a bit. Uh, Bottom line is, it was a takeover of the money system by private banks. And it's been in effect for 109 years now since 1913 and the dollar has lost about 98% of its value versus real money, which would be gold. It's lost 98% of its value over the last 109 years. So I'm trying to think of what the positives are of having the Federal Reserve running our money when the Constitution stated otherwise. Very interesting. Interesting how many things are unconstitutional, but they just keep on, keep on going. So my first foray today is a very good news for some of my clients. This is dated August 24th, so it's a few days old. The IRS relieves penalties for 2019 and 2020. So an estimated 1.6 million taxpayers that have already paid these penalties will automatically receive $1.2 billion in refunds or credits. Abatement of the penalties is automatic. The taxpayers do not need to request this relief. 
So if you've already paid a failure to file penalty for 2019 and 2020, and this has sort of to do with COVID, you're going to get a refund of those penalties if you've already paid them. I do have a few clients with letters about those, and now I'm assuming those letters are going to be nullified. I'm very happy about that. And the real good news is, unlike the extension till July, I'm sorry, when they did the extension to May of 2022 for the 2021 tax year, they only did that for individuals, not for trusts and estates. And so I had a few clients who didn't, uh, new clients who didn't get their extension done in time. And they came to me and I said, well, if we file it by May, we might be all right. But at the time, I didn't realize it was individuals only. Now, those trust and estates file a form called 1041. And it says tax returns eligible for relief include specified returns in the form 1040, which is individuals. 1041, which is estates and trusts, and 1120, which is uh, corporate, and uh, S-Corp would be 1120S. So that's uh, real good news. Any S-Corp that filed late, you're not going to be penalized for 19 and 20. But you do have, if you haven't filed yet, in order to get this relief, you have to file by September 30th of 2022. So that gives everybody more than a month to get those things filed. So that's a real good thing. So I I applaud the IRS whenever they reduce or eliminate a penalty. I applaud them because, I mean, as I told you before a couple weeks ago, when I talked about the law that never was and the 16th Amendment, their whole raison d'etre, which is reason to be, is probably fraudulent. Now, as a CPA, as a licensed CPA, I'm not supposed to down talk or talk down the IRS. But all I was doing was reporting facts of that book called The Law That Never Was. So I'm not giving an opinion of the IRS. I'm stating facts about somebody who researched the passage of the 16th Amendment. So I don't think I can be in trouble for knocking the IRS by spouting facts. At least that's my theory. I think I'm safe. Please don't turn me in. So as far as local business news, I found this article. And it is, uh, it's sort of retroactive. I mean, it's sort of old now because these were already done, but... Chico issues $1 million for small business. It says the city announced Chico it is, is, has issued $1 million in grant funding divided and given to 95 local businesses. Money was issued as part of the city's local business stabilization program, and the money itself comes from the American Rescue Plan. Businesses that received funds were those with 100 or fewer employees. We wanted to make the one-time funds the city received as part of the American Rescue Plan work harder for us by sharing it with our local small businesses, said Mayor Andrew Coolidge, who made deliveries to local business owners this week. These funds will now help to create more jobs and put more money back into small business, the backbone of our local economy. 
Beyond Chico, the Butte County Board of Supervisors provided $1.5 million in grant funding from ARPA for businesses with 20 or fewer employees to be used in Chico, Gridley, Paradise, Biggs, and Orville. The city appreciates local businesses' commitment to our community. And businesses that turned in applications by the deadline in May were picked in a lottery. So that was the very last line of the article. So I was wondering when they did this. So those were already picked. They were already handed out. And I guess 95 businesses, a million divided by 100, uh, that's going to be about $10,000 per business average. So that ought to help some people. And if it's Hopefully it's tax-free. Sometimes these grants are not tax-free, but uh, we'll, we'll see. I'm not sure. But uh, if you got one of those, uh, congratulations. Now go out and hire some people because that's where we're supposed to try to help. Uh, the best thing you can do to help the local economy is to hire people and offer them jobs, in my opinion. That keeps everything going. That gives people money to, to pay their PG&E bill with and to pay their grocery bill with. So we're coming up on that first break. This is Harold Littlejohn, CPA. I'll be right back on Business Buzz. Stay tuned. This is Pause to Pray, a chance to stop down each day from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today, we pray for Spiro Stefanu, Administrator of the Economic Research Service, He provides leadership and guidance for research, analytical, and technical operations. Philippians 2.3 reminds us of the qualities of a good leader. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, we ask you to guide Spiro Stefanu in his daily operations at the Economic Research Service. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team. This is an important election year in your state and all across the country, and we are joining together to pray the vote. Details at pausetopray.org. Hello, this is Samantha Landy, and I bring you Psalms of Hope. Heard here on Life Radio every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at noon. So do tune in and join me for beautiful music and an encouraging word from the Lord. Psalms of Hope with Samantha Landy, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at noon, here on KKXX. Now is a great time to buy or refinance. Michael Humes is your one-stop mortgage lender. Michael Humes and his knowledgeable staff are well-versed in a wide variety of loan types, including FHA, Fannie Mae, USDA, HomePath, and HARP. For a free evaluation of your mortgage needs, call him, 530-624-7942. That's 530-624-7942. Be sure to listen to Michael's Mortgage Market Update every Wednesday at 2.30 on Your Home Today. This is Michael Humes, Mortgage Specialist at Network Mortgage, located at 155 East 3rd Avenue. Then I'm a lost license 230273, BRE license 01250862, employed by Network Mortgage, BRE license 01840139, and a lost license 358237, equal housing opportunity.
Welcome back to Business Buzz. I'm Harold Littlejohn, CPA, here to entertain, elucidate, is that a word? Elucidate? I think it is. Entertain, educate, elucidate, maybe wake up. I remember the time I I was in I'm a was in Toastmasters. I had a short speech one day and it was I think our speeches were like six to eight minutes long. We could we could kind of pick and choose the length, but it really wasn't much more than ten minutes when you did a basic speech. I think it was usually six to eight minutes. My problem was I really had a hard time having enough time to memorize the whole speech. So I would almost always have a little index card in my hand and I would refer to my little outline in my hand because, you know, to write a speech and practice it from an outline, that takes time already. If you're going to tack on memorization time to that, you're looking at investing in a lot of time. And now some of the Toastmasters, I joined the Paradise Toastmasters because their meetings were at 6.30 a.m. and it was easy to As long as I could get up early, it worked out fine to get up early, get to that meeting at 6.30. It would be done by 8, and then I'd get to work by 8.30 or 9. So it it was a great time situation. The Paradise Toastmasters was, I've been to a few Toastmasters meetings of different areas, and Paradise was the best. They were completely parliamentarian about it. They kept everything going correctly. Everybody played their part. The nice thing about Toastmasters is every meeting you speak. You either give a speech, you uh, critique someone else's speech, or you have other parts each day. You're, you're the president, you're the, I mean, there was one president, but you'd be the, uh, the head Toastmaster, you'd be a review, a critiquer, uh, there would always be two basic short speeches every day. It's a great system. I really like it. I need to get back into my Toastmasters. I'm going to look that up, see if there's a Chico Toastmasters that has a good time for me because I really enjoyed that. But I remember, speaking of waking people up, I gave a short speech, and it was based on It was basically based on the power of now. And if you're familiar with that book, that's Eckhart Tolle. If you're familiar with that book, I gave a simple, probably a six-minute speech on how to train yourself to observe your mind. If you look at the power of now, it's like, you know, two or three hundred pages but you can boil it down to about a six-minute speech, which is what I did. And what I did was I told people the entire secret of that whole book is moving into what's called the right mind. So you have everybody, and this is all Course in Miracles stuff too, and Ho'oponopono. It's all related. But you have a right mind and what I call a wrong mind. The wrong mind is your daily mind where you're lost in it all day long with 
uh, all the things you have to do, all the things you're worried about, all the jobs, all the the clock, your schedule, uh, your relationships, your relatives, your wife, your girlfriend, your kids. That's that's the normal average. That's the mind you're in 98% of the time. But the power of now pointed out, and uh, the more I read other books, and especially Course in Miracles, the more I realized the power of now is what I call Course in Miracles light. And he basically just took all of the instructions in the course that relate to time, and he turned it into the power of now. And I commend him for that because that's what... that that. He, he awakened me first. I, did, I didn't read Course in Miracles until inside of the power of now, Eckhart mentioned A Course in Miracles says, and then he would give a quote. And I said, what is this Course in Miracles thing? I happened to be at Barnes & Noble one evening, and in the bargain book, area, which is where I was always at, because I had too many books. I'd buy books and never read them all, but I loved books, paper books, uh, you know, written, uh, printed books back in the days before Nook and Kindle and all that. And I was in Barnes and Noble and there in front of me is this big, tall stack of blue books that look like Bibles. And it was called A Course in Miracles. And I said, that's the one Eckhart's talking about. So I bought it. I think I paid like 12 bucks or something. And I was actually picking someone up that night and I was waiting in my car and I started reading it. And I basically, this was like around probably 2008 or 2009. And I basically could not put that book down. And that led me to being a course junkie. But Getting back to this Toastmasters speech, I gave a six-minute speech explaining how you switch from the mind you're in all day long. The, the, I call it the wrong mind. And you step back, and all you do is you observe what your thoughts are. So you just step back in your mind as if you're going to watch now. You're going to like... You could even pretend that you're like floating on the, at the ceiling looking down at yourself. That, that helps too. But you're basically stepping back, so to speak, and you're observing your thoughts as if you're watching a parade go by or leaves on a, leaves on a stream go by. So you step back and you just watch your thoughts. You don't judge your thoughts. You don't say, oh, that's a bad one. That's a good one. That's a stupid one. That's a funny one. You don't judge your thoughts. You just observe your thoughts. And that stepping back is what the Course calls the right mind and right-mindedness. And so I, I gave this six-minute speech, and the reason I was bringing this up is when I was talking about waking people up, there was one person at this Toastmasters, really nice uh, woman, um, kind of retirement. Most of the most of the Toastmasters were kind of retirement age, but not all of them. But 
she was just, after I gave the speech, I was kind of staring, she was just kind of staring into space. And uh, I don't know if she made a comment on my speech or not, but maybe I asked her what what she was thinking. And she was just sitting there with her eyes wide open. She says, you've blown my mind. And I realized that I had just awakened somebody who had never stepped back and observed her own thoughts. And I thought that was really good because the whole idea of being in Toastmasters is to try to, you know, uh, get a point across, get people interested in something. And I think that day I honestly turned somebody on to, I mean, what they call, you know, you can call it like meditation or awakening, but that's all it is. All it is is stepping back and observing your thoughts. That's really the basis of the whole power of now. It's mostly the basis of Course in Miracles, except it, Course in Miracles takes everything a huge step further, and some people aren't quite ready for that. I'm not sure I really even am after 14 years of reading it, but I do enjoy it. But the bottom line is, I think I awakened someone that day, and I thought that was pretty cool. So I'm going to get back to some business news that I sort of skipped there for the last little segment. I'm Harold Littlejohn, CPA. Stay tuned to Business Buzz. I'll be right back. We are in the middle of fire season in California, and we've already seen major fires break out here in the North State. This is Congressman Doug LaMalfa. In Siskiyou County, the tragic McKinney Fire has caused at least four deaths and consumed over 60,000 acres, and some of the most dangerous months are still ahead of us. I'm working to improve federal forest management by getting more aggressive in thinning and clearing near power lines to reduce fire risks. We have delivered billions in aid for local disaster recovery and are fighting to stop FEMA from seizing money from fire victims who have received compensation from PG&E. I've also written a bipartisan bill to stop the IRS from taxing people's fire settlement dollars. In July, I offered amendments to federal legislation that would increase funding for water storage and fire protection. My office is here to serve you. Go to lamalfa.house.gov or give us a call. This is Congressman Doug LaMalfa paid for with official funds authorized by the House of Representatives. You know something? You can be busy doing what you think is the will and way of the Lord and your heart be far from God. It is easy to do. We want proof that we are really born again by activity and that's why it's so dangerous. David Hucking encourages us to drop religion for relationship. This week on Hope for Today. Tune in for Hope for Today weekdays at 8 a.m. here on KKXX. Hi, Bob the Drop here. The other day I had a close encounter with my friends from Mars. I visited them a few years back and they discovered the great taste of Mount Shasta spring water. Well, I guess they ran out, so they came back to Earth to get some more. I reminded them it comes from a protected spring at the base of Mount Shasta and it's bottled at the source. I guess they just didn't get the part about us delivering right to your door. Have your own close encounter by calling 1-800-922-6227 to get some of the best tasting water in the galaxy. Pure and simple, naturally the best Mount Shasta spring water. God has abundantly blessed America. Our founding fathers knew and understood the laws of nature and of nature's God that prosper a people in harmony with them. 
Most assuredly, people that seek first God's ways of universal righteousness, spiritual prosperity, create the environment of peace, harmony, and blessing that naturally pave the way to material prosperity. America, bless God. Empowering people out of poverty, helping kids and communities to shine. There's nothing quite like it. At World Vision, we've seen what happens when a child gets clean water or nutritious food, when she feels safe, gets to learn in a classroom, or discovers that she has infinite worth. Together, we're working to help every kid everywhere grow into who God created them to be. Reach out with us today and help people change their own lives for good. Learn more at worldvision.org. Welcome back to Business Buzz. I'm Harold Littlejohn, CPA, on a hot Chico summer afternoon. I know we have about another seven days of triple-digit heat coming, so everybody needs to maybe get their swimming pools out, or if you have one of those inflatable pools, maybe get it going so the kids can cool off. And I think mainly... Middle of the day, middle of the day is just so hot from about noon to five o'clock. It's just so hot when you go outside, but that's part of living in Chico. When I was a kid, I used to, people would talk about Chico because my dad had some clients who did business up in the North Valley. And every time the word Chico came up, people would just say how hot it was. That was the kind of the trademark of Chico. Well, what I found out after uh, living here all the time I've been here, which is now 40 of my years living has been as a Chico resident. I'm not a Chico native, but that's about that's just about two-thirds of my life now has been as a Chico resident. So I don't consider myself a Chico native, but I've been here a long time if I include my uh, four or five years of college time also. I didn't get my degree in four years. It took me about five. I was undeclared until they forced me to declare something. I ended up declaring accounting because my dad was an accountant and I had already learned that and it was sort of a ready-made job for me. I worked for him and I could have taken over his business, but he worked it till he was pretty old and by that time, a lot of the clients had kind of gone away. But, no, he did a good job. He did that business for 50, 53 or 54 years in Oakland, California, from like 1955, before I was even born, until he finally retired around 08 or 09. And uh, that was the good old days. Ledger cards, fireproof cabinet, no internet, had to keep all these companies' ledgers very safe. Never had a fire. Everything went fine. Never had a burglary. I mean, a robbery. Never had a break-in. Just uh, real good business all those years, 50-something years. My, my mother worked for him kind of as a secretary. Interesting. My brother went into the medical field. I've got a little medical news today, so 
you know, I love, I love medical news. I'm just, I really love the, the medical industry. They're, they have our best interests at heart. They want to help us. They just want to help us. So local business news, I've got another article, of course, courtesy of Enterprise Record, the one newspaper that I do subscribe to because I'm a Chico guy and I like local news. So it's uh, Explore Butte County announces 65000 in micro grants. Explore Butte County announced $65,000 is available in micro grants through a one-time special event support grant program. The grant is available for local events and event organizers impacted by COVID-19 lockdowns. Grant amounts can range from $1,000 to $5,000. Applications will be accepted through August 31. Whoops, that's almost here. And may be submitted online at explorebuttecounty.com grant. Event organizers must submit an application before the deadline and meet the following criteria. Event must be open to the public, publicly noticed or advertised, and demonstrate financial need as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. Must have at least three years of history of being held in Butte County. The event headquarters must be located in Butte County. Grant funds may only be used for event expenses and may not be used to show a profit. Applicants must provide a top-line event budget and detailed plan for how the grant will be spent. Well, that's only right. Don't all grants have to have all that? I hope so. Applicant be for either an annual event or a recurring event. As long as the history criteria is met, limit of one application per event organizer, no matter how many events they plan or host. So that sounds good. Maybe we'll get some nice Butte County events out of this, uh, courtesy of Explore Butte County. That's good news. So we're going to expand our horizons from the local Butte. First we did talked about Chico, then we talked about Butte County. Now we're talking about California. I found another article on the Enterprise Record. You might have seen it if you subscribe there also. California homeowners could continue losing insurance as wildfire threat looms. Insurers argue the state should update rate regulations to account for more frequent catastrophic fires. And there's, they show a woman in Felton, California. That's down near Santa Cruz, and I'm sure that's a pretty high fire danger in that uh, tree. A lot of trees around there. So basically it's just saying that uh, insurance companies don't want to insure California because of the uh, riskiness of wildfires that wipe out hundreds of homes, and all of a sudden the insurance companies are paying out millions of dollars. Rates are getting worse and rates are going to have to go up to ensure insurers are solvent and operational in California. In 2018, former Governor Jerry Brown signed a law prohibiting insurance companies from canceling or refusing to renew homeowners policies in areas impacted by a wildfire until 12 months after the blaze. 
And later this year, the state insurance department is expected to begin requiring that providers offer lower rates to homeowners who fireproof their homes. So at least it looks like they're going to offer some incentives for people to get their homes fireproofed. In other words, get all the everything around the house cleared out and all that. What a mess. I know there's a lot of people that can't get a real good quality insurance policy on their home anymore. They have to go through that Cal California Fair Plan, which is basically minimal minimal insurance for fire. Uh, not a good thing. And that's not even that cheap. So just a, kind of a mess. I don't have a solution for it. I don't profess to know everything. What other business news do I have? Well, if we expand ourselves out outwards from Butte County, but still staying in California, I brought an article called San Francisco shop owners threaten to stop paying taxes unless city tackles crime and homelessness. And this is from Zero Edge, a place that I recommend you read the news from because you'll get a bit of a more alternative view. It's not the it's not the complete answer, but at least it's better than CNN and MSNBC. So, business owners in San Francisco's Castro District have absolutely had it with the city's inaction over burglaries, vandalism, and violent homeless people camping on the sidewalks in front of storefronts and residences. As the American thinkers Olivia, that's a, some kind of website, American thinker. Olivia Murray notes, San Francisco has an established reputation as a capital for fringe culture and leftism, much of which converges in the enclave of Castro. The first drag queen story hour event ever took place in the Harvey Milk Memorial Branch Library in the neighborhood and was well received. So you get an idea of what the Castro is all about. Now, under Democrat leadership, the iconically left community is ready to take drastic measures toward radical American patriotism. Three days ago, the San Francisco Chronicle reported, for years, business owners in San Francisco's Castro District have complained to city officials that homeless people struggling with mental illness and drug addiction have wreaked havoc on the neighborhood. Now, merchants say... The situation has gotten so bad that they're threatening to possibly stop paying city taxes and fees. Oh, <laughs> threatening. Hmm. Well, we'll see how that goes. Anyway, I'm coming up on that last break, so stay tuned to Business Buzz. I'm Harold Littlejohn, CPA. I'll be right back. Pacific Justice Institute, this is The Legal Edge, defending your rights as a Christian, a parent, and a citizen. Here's Brad Dacus. Pacific Justice Institute is proud to announce that we have just opened an office in Arizona. With this new office, 
PJI now has 26 offices in 20 states across the U.S. and is ready to serve many more individuals, now more than ever, all free of charge. For over two decades, it has been PJI's mission to ensure no one is left on the side of the road as it relates to the defense of religious freedom, parental rights, and the sanctity of human life. We are so thankful for the tremendous support as it continues to enable us to provide more resources and assistance to those who are in desperate need of help. PJI provides legal representation without charge. Get exclusive email updates by registering for The Legal Insider at pji.org. I spend a lot of time in the backyard, and I'm the center of attention at summer barbecues. In 96, I made some of the tastiest s'mores. And in 09, it was me, your backyard fire pit, that accidentally started a wildfire when a summer breeze carried one of my embers into some dry brush. Spark a change, not a wildfire. Visit SmokeyBear.com, brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Only you can prevent wildfires. We are in the middle of fire season in California, and we've already seen major fires break out here in the North State. This is Congressman Doug LaMalfa. In Siskiyou County, the tragic McKinney Fire has caused at least four deaths and consumed over 60,000 acres, and some of the most dangerous months are still ahead of us. I'm working to improve federal forest management by getting more aggressive in thinning and clearing near power lines to reduce fire risks. We have delivered billions in aid for local disaster recovery and are fighting to stop FEMA from seizing money from fire victims who have received compensation from PG&E. I've also written a bipartisan bill to stop the IRS from taxing people's fire settlement dollars. In July, I offered amendments to federal legislation that would increase funding for water storage and fire protection. My office is here to serve you. Go to lamalfa.house.gov or give us a call. This is Congressman Doug LaMalfa paid for with official funds authorized by the House of Representatives. Welcome back to Business Buzz. I'm Harold Littlejohn, CPA. On a fine Chico summer afternoon, Hope you're having a nice day. I appreciate the fact that you can spend part of it with me. I try to educate. I try to keep it to business topics, but I can kind of work my way around and call it the business of this and the business of that. So I get to talk about what I want. So that article I was just talking about was the Castro District merchant saying the situation has gotten so bad that they're... Threatening to possibly stop paying city taxes and fees. The threat arises from a letter drafted and sent to city officials by the Castro Merchants Association on August 8th. According to co-president Dave Carricker, if the calls are neglected, the response will be civil disobedience, including refusal to pay taxes. Carricker said, if the city can't provide the basic services for the businesses to become a successful business, then what are we paying for? You can't have a vibrant, successful business corridor when you have people passed out, high on drugs, littering your sidewalk. No, you can't, which is why conservatives suggest not incentivizing criminality and drug use, nor electing DAs who hail from 
domestic terrorists and despise law and order like Chesa Boudin. I've read about that guy. I think it's a guy. I believe his parents were like Black Panthers or something. That's where he that's where they said that from. Anyway, so business owners in San Francisco are finally going to try to put their foot down. Good luck with that. See what happens when you stop paying your business taxes to the city. But they have a point and I mean, I'd be the same way. And I had I've had uh, homeless issues on mangrove i've been on mangrove for 32 years now i've had issues in fact uh, just the other day i came to work in the morning and they're on my porch which is sort of hidden with bushes so people who want to sleep there definitely can be private when they do it if i'm not there working I came up to my porch and it was filled with cardboard boxes laid out like a bed. So I folded them up, put them in my recycler can and took them away. But I'm not going to get involved with the whole debate about homelessness. It's a can of worms. I have mixed feelings on it. I feel sorry for people in that position, but I also feel sorry for businesses who get basically messed up by people in that position. So it sort of cuts both ways, works both ways. I'm not happy about any of the solutions that need to be dealt with. I'm not sure I have the answer. I'll just leave it at that. I would say it's not as bad as it was a year or two ago. So whatever they're doing with all these policies and shelters and things like that, I believe it's helping just based on the fact that things are much better on Mangrove than they were a couple of years ago. How about the business of medicine? Here's an interesting one. It's from Zero Hedge again, and the title is Pfizer Vaccine Whistleblower Responds to Motion to Dismiss False Claims Suit. And it says, Pfizer cannot use the government as a shield from liability for making false claims about its COVID-19 vaccine. Lawyers for a whistleblower argued in response to Pfizer's motion to dismiss a False Claims Act lawsuit. A drug company, quote, a drug company cannot induce the taxpayers to pay billions of dollars for a product, they countered, that honest data would show poses more risks than benefits and that ignores the actual contract and the law itself. Wow, that's that's fairly uh, fairly powerful talk there, Pilgrim. It says Jackson's lawsuit alleges that Pfizer and two of its subcontractors violated the False Claims Act by providing bogus clinical trial results 
to garner the FDA approval of its COVID-19 vaccine. Under federal law, individuals can sue on behalf of the government and win treble damages, which means triple, if they can prove an individual or company deliberately lied to the government. One of Jackson's attorneys, Warner Mendenhall, told the Epoch Times that the payout could be as much as $3.3 trillion. Wow. It would be enough to bankrupt Pfizer, Mendenhall said. Mendenhall, whose law firm has won multi-million dollar False Claims Act cases, based his estimates on the more than $2 billion the U.S. government has paid Pfizer for more than 100 million doses of its COVID-19 vaccine. And don't forget from prior Business Buzz uh, episodes, it's a vaccine that's not a vaccine. In fact, they had to change their definition of a vaccine to try to make this, quote, vaccine fit some definition. So it says, The relator may not pursue the claims against Pfizer without the government first pursuing them in an administrative proceeding, Pfizer's motion states. The companies also argued that the FDA was well aware of Jackson's claims for at least two years before the lawsuit was filed against them and that it publicly responded to Jackson's allegations by expressing the agency's full confidence in the data used to support the vaccine. However, Mendenhall said a false claims action is independent of the government's knowledge and that Jackson only has to prove Pfizer and its subcontractors presented fraudulent information to the FDA. Jackson was third in command of the clinical trials conducted by Ventavia Research Group as part of Pfizer's application for emergency youth authorization of its COVID-19 vaccine. She was there for only 18 days before being fired by Ventavia after reporting what she called absolute mayhem and an utter disregard for safety protocols and federal regulations in developing the vaccine. Jackson has submitted over 400 exhibits as part of her complaint. Jackson said that a former tacos cashier was among those tasked with injecting patients with the experimental jab. She alleged that the trial staff falsified patient signatures on informed consent paperwork, and she has described a daily mess of unsanitary conditions. Jackson also responded for the first time to Pfizer's characterization of her as an anti-vaccine, anti-government individual out for money. Hmm, I lost my place. Oh, yeah. Jackson has worked on a long list of government-run clinical trials for vaccines and said she is pro-vaccine. She pointed out that her children have all had their childhood vaccines and that her entire family gets the flu vaccine yearly. Jackson received the COVID-19 vaccine as soon as it was available and was initially one of its biggest cheerleaders. While she is seeking compensation for her termination as part of her actions against Pfizer and the other companies, Jackson said she plans to donate any money she receives under her legal action against the companies to those injured by the vaccine. As far as I'm concerned, it's blood money, she said. 
The world should be disgusted by what went on here with the shameful actions behind this dangerous vaccine. Hmm. Sounds like another uh, case of buyer's remorse. I'm amazed that she got the vaccine if she knew what that was doing in the trials. Wow. I don't know how you logically follow that at all, but anyway. So that's interesting. Three trillion to bankrupt Pfizer. I noticed a lot of clients in their 20 and their 21 tax returns. Yep, they bought Moderna and Pfizer. They made a lot of money. I personally would never buy the stock of a company that does things like those guys do, but that's just me. I'm not a big stock person anyway. I think the whole thing's a complete charade. I think they're all fake markets, and uh, when they collapse, I'll be... I'll probably be proven right someday. Of course, in the meantime, I missed out on all the big gains of all these stocks, but I don't care. I would not invest in a company that does the things that those drug companies do. So since I'm almost out of time, I'm not going to read any more articles. I've got a couple more, but I'll save them for, save them for a future episode. So speaking of the business of medicine, I did hear a statistic and it said something like 22% of the U.S. population received zero vaccine shots. And then there's about another 30% who received one and stopped. Then there's another 30% who received two and stopped. So I'm not sure it's been a big success for the people pushing them. I do believe it was introduced because the powers that be had decided that they wanted to stop the entire world's economy for about eight to 10 years. And the only way to counter that was to introduce some sort of vaccine. The problem is the one that they're giving out is still emergency use only. It was never FDA approved. It was approved for emergency use only, but not for general use. Uh, that was uh, that was interesting because they made it sound like it was given approval in August of last year, but in actuality, it wasn't. So it's still a EUA, as they say. So good luck to everybody who wanted to do that, and I hope everything goes well. But for me, well, you can guess. You can guess what I think. Thanks for listening to Business Buzz. I hope you enjoy the rest of your afternoon. I'm Harold Littlejohn, CPA. Tune in next time. I really enjoy the fact that you spend part of your day with me. Thank you very much.